not a happy day in the United States. Yesterday, as you know, a mass shooting in San Bernardino was left 14 dead and over 20 who were injured, some in critical and very serious condition. Uh, he could not join us yesterday. More than a pleasure to have with us and back on the program. Somebody I have a great deal of respect and admiration for. Somebody who's become a great friend of the program. I learn a lot from who knows his stuff, and that's why we have him here. He's Bob Doherty. He is the Intelligence and Counterintelligence Director at Counterterrorism Watch, Inc. They're a U.S. defense contracting firm specializing in intelligence, counterterrorism, and special ops training. He has worked for the past 25 years as an operations officer for the CIA. He has deep operational experience in the United States, Europe, Central America, America, South America, and the Middle East. More than a pleasure to have back Bob Doherty. Bob, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. How are you doing? I'm sorry we have to talk about this yet again. Yet again. Yes, I know. Yet again. Number 352. Um, a, a, a few things. First of all, um, there are people, as you know, that within seconds say, what's the ethnicity of the shooter? What's the race of the shooter? What's their name? Was this terrorism? Can you define for folks what is a terrorist act and how that is determined by CIA and FBI versus another type of shooting? Well, basically, there's a lot of definitions that float around there, uh, Leslie. Basically, terrorism is an act of violence that's perpetrated by a, a sub-state or sub-national group or entity with the purpose of inspiring fear and terror and and possibly creating some sort of political change. And it's usually taken against innocent civilians. So that's kind of the, the broad definition. I think in this case, it's way too early to say what we have here. And I think all the federal and local officials here in California have been very careful about that, which I applaud them for. And it's way too early to call this thing one way or the other. Uh, much more information needs to be developed. And that will happen as the, as the investigation continues. Based on your definition, Bob, it could be argued that the shooting in Colorado at the Planned Parenthood fits that criteria, correct? It could, and and I don't think we need to be wrapped up in in the definitions of things. We need to look at who the people are doing and what their motives and what they're doing. Violence is violence. Violence is violence, and murder is murder. And no matter where you do it around the world, it's still the same thing. You're taking another human life, and it's never justified for any cause or for any reason. Are the precautions that one would take, such as yourself, Bob, when you were with the CIA and now uh, in your role as director at Counterterrorism Watch, Inc., um, you know, are they pretty much the same, whether the person is mentally ill and goes into a movie theater, has a grudge and was a loner and goes to their campus, got fired and goes back to their job, uh, is very pro-life and goes into an abortion clinic or has become radicalized and, you know, wants to uh, kill, uh, you know, as many people as they can, as we saw in Paris? Yeah, well, we always say in our training classes uh, for CT Watch, nothing happens in a vacuum. None of those events happen in a vacuum. And there's certainly pre-incident indicators, as we call them, for all those type of events, including this one. And, in fact, in this event, it now appears that several neighbors of these suspects had seen things that they were worried about, but they, they didn't want to call the police or call authorities because they didn't want to profile people. And one of the things that CT Watch does, because our owner is, as a director of the uh, InfraGuard chapter out here, is with LAFBI InfraGuard, we provide training to private sector and public people to raise their awareness of some of these preemptive indicators that they might see out in their community and raise their understanding of what might be happening around them. So when they see something, they know what it is, and they know to say something and call the right authorities. And we need to do more and more of that. The InfraGuard program that FBI runs is a great national program that does that. 
but we need to keep doing more and more of that sort of thing and educating the population. Educating, yes. My, my concern is that after the attacks in Paris, we just saw tons of people who, you know, looked Middle Eastern, were brown, were Muslim, being taken off planes because they wanted to sit together or wanted a can of Coke. Um, you know, we had more. It was almost a daily occurrence that Muslims were being taken off planes after the uh, Paris attacks. Where, where is that fine line between giving information that could be helpful, as this could have been perhaps by neighbors? Um, you know, versus, uh, you know, profiling anybody that, that's brown or different or of a different religion or perceived to be. Yeah, it's a very fine line, as you say, and it's a fuzzy line, right? And yep. we don't want to infringe on anybody's First Amendment rights. But that's where education comes in. The more you can educate the population on what really are true indicators, the better able they're going to be to distinguish between what's normal behavior and what is not normal behavior. And by the way, on these indicators, when we talk about them, we look for clusters of indicators, not just one or two indicators. You look at pre-incident indicators, all of us have done weird things in our life that if someone was looking at would say, that's a little weird or strange. We look for multiple clusters of indicators that all point in the same direction. And I'm sure that's what they're doing with these two, these two people in San Bernardino, they're looking for all the different indicators that may point to a motive or a cause. And and when we look at this particular situation, it's too early to tell. However, Bob, can you talk to a couple of things that authorities have said so far? And I, I, I think you can. One is, this is not typical workplace violence, but this is also not typical terrorism. Right. I mean, this is this is one that has a lot of people scratching their head. Some people have said, and it sounds at least at this point, the most plausible to me that maybe this guy allegedly was radicalized, had developed with somebody else, perhaps an arsenal of weapons, was going to do something at some point, had some grievance at work and decided, I'll show you. And yesterday became the day. But there was no Aloha Akbar yelled. Uh, there was nothing. This is for Syria. ISIS and no other um, terrorist organization, Al-Qaeda, any other offshoot have taken credit, and usually they do by now. Uh, haven't, e- haven't even been applauding this kind of thing. Um, could, could you speak to that? Because there is a lot of head-scratching because these both scenarios are not typical, not typical workplace violence, not typical terrorism. Yeah, I totally agree, and, and someone suggested it's a hybrid. Clearly, this was not spontaneous. He was stockpiling weapons and pipe bombs. I think we're up to like 4,500 rounds of ammunition and 12 pipe bombs. He was clearly stockpiling this for something. That's not normal. Now, you know, the use of the wife and the female in an actual direct attack, that's a little unusual. The fact that they picked this this place to attack is a little bit unusual unless he had a grievance with someone there. I tend to think that he had some sort of plan. And, and then this thing happened at the workplace or at this community center, and that he decided, I'm going to enact a plan now. The other possibility is this was his plan all along. And the reason he went to the party in the first place was to verify that there was a large number of people there to do a last-minute reconnaissance of the place, so to speak. And then he went home and got his wife, and they were all ready to go, and they came back and did the attack. But again, way, way too early. There's some other things, too, that are of interest. You know, his trip to Saudi Arabia to marry this woman. That's of interest to me. The fact that they allegedly found some remote control devices with explosives on them, that's straight out of the Inspire magazine. So there's a couple things that they're going to drill down on, and certainly exploitation of all the electronics uh, will lead us to a lot better conclusion than we can make today. 
Um, Bob, and you may or may not know this. I know that you know a lot more than the average bear uh, regarding these cultures, but you know that I, I know this as well, having traveled and lived in some of these countries. It's actually, if she, um, it, it's very common that if somebody says, um, it, when a, a marriage is being set up or uh, they have a woman for you kind of thing, um, that they'd like you to meet to meet halfway. And Saudi Arabia may have been halfway between Pakistan and the U.S. for him to meet her. Maybe she has family there. Maybe she was studying there, had some work there, was traveling there, and it was easier than him going all the way to Pakistan. And so so that – I'm not where you are, but that to me doesn't raise a red flag. Because, For example, my husband's cousin went to Paris to meet a girl uh, that you know he was being introduced to who is from Algeria. Do you see, do you see what I'm saying? So, you know, but he, he – you know, Paris was – where he wanted to meet because he had business there. Yeah, no, that's kind of standard for these arranged marriages, marriages in that part of the world. You're exactly right. What what I'm talking about is digging into while he was there. Yeah. Did he meet with anyone else? Um, you know, who's her family? Where does she come from? Who is she staying with? So again, I don't. I'm not saying it's a suspicious indicator. It's just something that they need to drill down on and wash out one way or the other. I said to my husband this morning, I wonder if he brainwashed her. You know, she's young. She just had a baby. Most mothers don't want to be apart from their baby. I mean, she's had a baby six months ago. Some women are still on maternity leave at this point in some countries. And my husband said, interestingly, or oh, what if it was the other way around? And I, and, I say that, and I say that because they were together, and he was American-born, and it, at least so far the reports that are coming out is, it, it seems only since he met her in the past couple of years, he started to perhaps change. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with your husband. That was my first thought. What if it's the other way around, that she was the radicalizing element, or those around her in her circle were certainly unusual, not unheard of, but unusual for a female to participate directly in an attack like that and be a shooter. You know, we had the female in Paris blow herself up with, when the French police stormed the apartment. But to yeah. directly participate and kill people after... Especially of being a mother of a young child, it's it's you, you can't make sense of it. Actually, it doesn't make sense at all. It's unbelievable if you really think about it. I wanted to ask you about that because a lot of people are harping today, uh, uh, you know, about the fact there was a woman and, and her gender. Why is this such a game changer? Um, or is it? Because, I mean, there have been women that have been, you know, with ISIS, Al-Qaeda and groups like that or helping groups like that. You know, perhaps since terrorism has existed, which I think is probably going back almost as far as Adam and Eve, just in different forms. Yeah, there's been lots of groups. Lots of the groups I worked against in South America, some of the women were some of the most ruthless killers. I think in, in the Middle East, we found it unusual because typically women have a combat role. And typically it's been the men that we've seen in those groups, those extremist groups that come out of that region. What makes it what makes it heartaching for us is that it is a female and mothers and sisters are doing this, but it just increases uh, their odds of successfully launching an attack. Now we have to be aware that there may be female attackers instead of just males, so it just increases the difficulty of law enforcement and the public to understand what's going on and prevent these sort of horrible things from happening. I heard Bob that there are some people training young girls on how to shoot and having courses, uh, you know, to fight terrorists. And of course, the issue of guns comes up. I'm not trying to pull you into the political conversation, but there is a reality. We have more gun owners in America than ever before. We've had 352 uh, mass killings this year so far. That's more than the days we have in the year, and the year isn't even up yet. Um, are having more guns out there 
helping us or, or hurting us? I mean, does it make it, uh, it harder for a guy like you in your current and former job if we're all armed, or does it make it easier? No, you know, Leslie, the way I stand on this is that is the following. If a bad guy, whether they're a criminal or a gang member or organized crime or an extremist like this, wants to get a weapon or wants to get explosives, even in some of the most closed societies, they will find a way to do that. And so I don't think that, you know, stricter gun control is not going to prevent an incident like this. Accidental shootings and stuff like that, then you can make an argument. But something like this, if they want to do it bad enough, they will find weapons and explosives and other materials to make it happen. Apparently this guy in his garage had all sorts of materials to make these improvised explosive devices that he obviously obtained here. So, you know, if they want to do it bad enough, they'll get what they need to do what they want to do. But I, I agree. And speaking of, uh, we are being told these guns were obtained uh, legally. Let's talk about some of the gear that they allegedly have. This is all stuff, apparently, that people can purchase uh, online, right? We'll talk about that when we come back. we got to take a break. Bob, can you stay with us just a few more minutes? Okay, great. We'll take a break. He's staying with us. We'll be back. And when we come back, we'll talk with him, and then we'll take your calls. So if you're holding, please be patient. I appreciate that. Just want to get a little more expertise from Bob, and then we can all mull over our opinions, our speculation, and perhaps your expertise as well. Join us, 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537543. That's to call, tweet, follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. More after this. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Intelligence and Counterintelligence Director at Counterterrorism Watch, Inc. And uh, by the way, uh, follow them on Twitter at ctwatchinc, the website ctwatch.us. Um, Bob, when we uh, you had talked to us about uh, guns, this is a situation where, I mean, I felt weird at Target today because I'm, I'm less than an hour from where this took place, as you know. And, uh, I mean, what? What can we do? What do you advise America and Americans to do? Because you say, look, we need to be mindful, but we don't want to be paranoid and we don't want to be crazy. And, you know, all of us packing a weapon isn't obviously going to you know, make a difference either. So how do you stop um, these people, whether it is uh, mental illness, whether it is somebody who's radicalized, um, uh, you know, whether it, 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 it isn't mental, it's just, you know, maybe it's just anger because the guy at Planned Parenthood, you know, I'm not sure if he was mentally ill or just, just angry at the world. Well, I think there's no good answer, Leslie. I think it's a variety of solutions. You know, obviously one is, is you know, maintaining the great law enforcement work that all our agencies do. The other one is raising the awareness of the public to these indicators and signs that always occur in these events. And then probably the third one, showing my bias, is good intelligence work overseas to try to track these guys if they're coming into the U.S. or the groups and entities that are radicalizing people from overseas right here in the U.S. So those are three things right off the bat that we're doing all those things. We just need to keep doing them better and better. And there's not a 100% solution. 
these things are going to happen. You can't get lucky 100% of the time. And unfortunately, we're going to probably keep having these type of incidents in the U.S. and overseas. Do you think the more of them we have, the more desensitized we'll become? Because it's almost like, oh, another day, another mass shooting. I don't think so. I hope not. I hope it never does because one human life is way too valuable. So I hope that never, never happens. I agree. Um, how, how fast would you say people are radicalized? It used to be prior to 9-11 that the radicalization process would take months and years, Leslie, usually years. Now, after 9-11, that has speeded up. So people can, you know, radicalize in a few weeks or a few months. That's usually the cycle now. And because so much more is on the Internet and social media, and because these groups like the Islamic State and AQAP have really honed their skills at radicalizing people online, they've gotten better at what they're doing. So that's why we're seeing an increase in the number of people, homegrown radicals, homegrown violent extremists. It's because these groups are getting better at doing it. Social media and the Internet offer them the perfect opportunity to do it, and people are being affected by that, uh, by that propaganda and that strategic messaging that's coming through from these groups. We have less than a minute. Do you agree that the more we attack ISIS, the more things like this are going to occur here and abroad? No, I don't agree at all. They have an agenda to attack the West as part of the core principle. They're going to keep doing what they're doing no matter what we do. So we need to confront this threat as aggressively and smartly as we can. All right, Bob, thank you for taking the time. We'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Be safe, buddy. Uh, Bob Doherty, the Intelligence and Counterintelligence Director at Counterterrorism Watch, Inc., a U.S. defense contracting firm, as I mentioned. Follow them on Twitter at ctwatchinc, the website ctwatch.us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, your calls. A lot of you holding, pick up the phone and join us if you want to, and we'd love to hear from you. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is uh, the number. Lots uh, to talk about, including a very provocative front page of the Daily News in New York. Yesterday in San Bernardino County, uh, just uh, less than 60 miles east of downtown Los Angeles, less than an hour from where I broadcast, where I live. And my husband was on lockdown yesterday. So this is very, very near uh, to us and uh, definitely anything like this too close for comfort. Uh, We are getting more and more information uh, as you are aware. We're keeping you abreast. Um, They are saying this is not typical terrorism nor typical workplace violence. They cannot rule out a terrorist attack, but they're not calling it that um, as uh, such yet either. We're going to take your calls at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. And there are a few things I wanted to toss out to you before I uh, get to your calls. One, why as Americans do we need to define these acts? In other words, is it terrorism? Is it this? Why can't we just call it what it is, mass murder? There have been 352 mass shootings in this country as of yesterday. So, for example, was Planned Parenthood a terrorist act? It meets the definition, the use of violence and intimidation in the pursuit of political aims. Why do we need to define Like our guest just said, 
aren't we focusing the energy in the wrong place? Instead of trying to define it, try to stop it. Try to prevent it. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. If Sayud Farouk's name was Paul Smith, would the fact he worked there and targeted that one room be more significant to you? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Like I said, we've had 352 mass shootings this year as of yesterday. Whether the reason for each mass shooting was anger, resentment, mental illness, terrorism, or something else, aren't we ignoring the one common denominator? Easy access to guns, the type of weaponry, and the ammunition. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Now, for those that say, Leslie, arm them all, there are now more guns in this nation than ever before, and more mass shootings than ever. Is there a correlation? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And there are a lot of politicians out there who say, We offer our thoughts and prayers, dot, dot, dot. Now, Maybe consider acting on all this violence instead of offering thoughts and prayers. Pass legislation for universal background checks, which the majority of people left and right agree on, on all gun sales, and limit the availability of assault rifles. AR-15 assault rifles were the primary weapons used in both the shooting yesterday in Newtown, and by the way, in the numerous shootings of the 352. 886-LESLIE-888-653-7543 is... Uh, the number. Let's go to the calls and let's see who we're starting it out with this afternoon is, let's start with Michael in the Bronx Line 1. Michael, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Um, how, you, how are you? How's your husband, by the way? He's fine. He's fine. Thank God. All right. You know something? I am so livid at what has been transpiring here. I'm so glad you mentioned about Planned Parenthood, which, which was just less than a week ago, and then now this. And then Republicans in Congress, they voted for a motion to block any dialogue on gun reform. But then yet, and you mentioned something about the Daily News. Um, what should I say? How should I put this? Um, chastising those very same Republicans when they say, our thoughts and prayers are with the victims. And it's like, you know, a lot of people saying, spare me with the line because you should have taken action and voting for gun safety reform. And you know something, Leslie? I got to say this, is that I thought about this long and hard, and from what I've seen, Republicans in Congress and all these um, right-wing pro-gun advocate nutjobs, if I can call them that, they are not following the Constitution. They are not following the law. If people really read the Second Amendment clearly, it says right to bear arms under a well-trained militia. Well-regulated militia. By the way, by the way, ISIS, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, is a well-regulated militia. And people who are radicalized believe they're part of a well-regulated militia. And they are because of not just our Second Amendment. I don't have a problem with the Second Amendment. I have a problem with the abuse of the Second Amendment. You know, first of all, what part of what well-regulated militia are most Americans part of? And if they have a gun to defend themselves, why do you need sixteen hundred or six thousand rounds of ammunition? That's an arsenal. I I, I go I'll I'll go further than that. That tells me that you have to have training in order to operate a gun, to operate a firearm, just like you have to have training to operate a motor vehicle. Now think about this, ladies and gentlemen, that even our own military. 
even your very own police officers, that when they're in training, they have to go for training to handle firearms. So if they have to have training, what the hell makes you think? And I'm stressing to any and all right-wingers that are listening to me right now, what makes you think you could just arbitrarily go get a gun and then ready to pop-pop anybody that you don't like or who you see to be a disagreement might be a threat? You cannot do that. You have to have training in terms of um, class lectures as well as one-on-one personal training on how to handle a firearm just like a motor vehicle. And if you have to pay a license fee besides getting certification, I don't see how that is really a Second Amendment right at all. You shouldn't have to pay any fees or anything to um, operate or to um, or to exercise your rights, for example. Okay. It may be more of a privilege than a right, don't you think? Well, that's certainly the argument uh, by many. I think the NRA would actually agree with you on that, Michael. But, Michael, um, one last question. Although I'm not a gun person, I don't want to take away somebody's Second Amendment right. And when people say, you want to take away my gun, no, but maybe somebody took take away those guns yesterday and we wouldn't be having this conversation. Uh, Michael, do you agree yeah. with me that even if we have stricter gun control, that's not going to change necessarily what happened yesterday from happening again. I mean, I'm a realist. This is a multifaceted problem, and just having universal background checks is not going to solve this problem. It may minimize the occurrences, and I was listening to another person earlier today while I was at work. No, 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 that's, a, wait, that's that. a good point, because they do say that with this type of weaponry, that the number of people killed in the time that they were killed could not and, – and the type of bullets, by the way, which could pierce a vehicle as well as the bulletproof vest of police. And, and I say that because we as – in my opinion, we as Americans should be helping law enforcement to fight the bad guys, terrorists, and other bad guys of which there are many. And we're right. not helping them if the bad guys can order online legally bullets – that penetrate the armor police are wearing for protection and safety to help serve and protect us. I would beg to differ on that part, Leslie, because I think people like you and people like me are helping by raising awareness and calling for stricter gun laws. We're raising awareness with the argument. Yeah, but that that's what I'm saying. Stricter gun laws, just having a universal background check doesn't cut it. We, we need to, the type of weaponry, I mean, and certainly, the um, I, I don't think it's wrong to have a cap on how much ammunition you can buy. I do not think that is a problem uh, with the Second Amendment. You have the right to bear arms. It doesn't say they're loaded, and it certainly doesn't say with 6,000 rounds of ammunition sitting in your garage. Michael, always a good talking to you, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Uh, let's go to Paul in Washington, line two. Paul, good afternoon. Uh, yeah, let's see. Hi. Uh, I appreciate the interesting and informative uh, you know, remarks of your guest. But I got to tell you, I, I am like you. I am sick to death of parsing the definition of terrorism. Because look what this does. Actually, now finally, finally, people have found the State Department definition of terrorism online, probably. And so now, the Colorado shooting, Colorado Springs shooting, people say, "Oh no, well, see, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit definition. You know, this part of the definition, it wasn't. A, it didn't have a political aim because he's never been a member of a pro-choice organization. Therefore, so." When we unterrorize something, as people at the right wing have done in Colorado Springs, it's just, oh, now it's just your regular, uh, everyday, garden-variety American massacre, see? 
in other words, we should be used to those. But terrorism? Oh, no, no. So now, so that when we find somebody who's of the Islamic faith, now we have something. Because we can say, look, they belong to a faith of 1.6 billion people in the world. Now they're a member of a group. So we can say that's terrorism. But I'm here to say, I think the 17 wounded of yesterday's shooting, and by the way, you said 352 uh, mass massacres this year, yes. mass shootings. This is the 330. And by the way, that's all. That's only mass shootings. I say right, only right, right. because if you look at the violence going on in cities like Chicago and some other places, that that doesn't even touch how many people have been killed by guns. Well, I was going to say, or wounded. We, we haven't heard about today's mass shooting because at 352. Uh, that's and this is the 333rd day of the year. It's more than one a day, so there's a probability that there's already one that's happened that we haven't heard about yet today. It's probably not a big enough deal yet. Because all of these, we 352. Have you heard about 352 throughout the news? We've talked about a few. Oh no, no, no! And and by the way, by the way, like we're seeing just here, I have it right here on Facebook. Can you connect the dots? Location: Fort Hood, terrorist religion, Muslim. Location: Boston, terrorist religion, Muslim. Location: Paris, terrorist religion, Muslim. Location: Madrid, terrorist religion, Muslim. Location: Sydney, terrorist religion, Muslim. Location: Chattanooga, terrorist religion, Muslim. By the way, Chattanooga was not a a terrorist attack. It was ruled not to be. Uh, That guy uh, had mental illness. Um, But but. What, but they don't talk about the religion of the 350 in addition to yesterday and the one in Chattanooga mass shootings. Right. Well, let, let me finish my point. I was going to say, I think the 17 wounded from yesterday and the what, a dozen or so wounded last Friday can speak for the dead in those attacks when they say what's causing most of the misery are the bullets fired from guns, right? That's what they're mostly saying. I'm, I'm thinking if you were yesterday one of the 17 who was hit by a bullet, Today is not one of your best days. Uh, you're probably feeling pretty sore. And, of course, the 14, at least that I last heard, confirmed dead, aren't feeling anything today. So it's a, and, and here's what we get. This is what really drives me nuts. This is the no new laws will help paradox. Well, they say this guy got his guns legally, so no new laws would do any good. Then, on the other hand, they say, well, look, this other guy got his guns illegally, so no new laws would do any good. So apparently they're saying no new law, no, laws don't work. Let's have anarchy. But let's break those each one of those sides down briefly, quickly, one at a time. The no new, if if he got his guns illegally, what they're suggesting is no. We can we can come up with laws that make it more difficult for people to get things, even though illegal things happen. We've done this with, for instance, uh, let's say controlled substances, the controlled substance ephedrine used in making methamphetamine. Now when you buy a, a cold medicine, you have to, it has ephedrine in it, you have to sign for it, right? Cuts down on the, you don't need very much ephedrine in your cold medicine, you need a lot more of it to make methamphetamine. So we can control it. Does the fact that people still make methamphetamine mean it's, we should repeal those laws? Ridiculous. And the other side of the coin is, if they got his guns legally, and what we're saying is the laws we have are not effective. So we can come up with laws that do uh, permit people to buy and own guns, uh, and I would suggest a couple. One of them would be liability insurance. Another one, as you just suggested, and there are bills stuck in House subcommittees right now. One of them uh, is stuck in a House subcommittee, uh, which is going to track the uh, amount of ammunition that you, could, that you buy online. We track, we track the amount of uh, all kinds of things, including controlled substances like ephedrine, like piperidine, like all kinds of things that are used in making drugs. Uh, and also, 
if you walk into a liquor store, the clerk at the liquor store can refuse to sell you liquor, beer, or wine for any reason in every state because they don't like the look of you. They think you're intoxicated, whatever. You, can, you go into a gun store, you're walking out with a gun, you know, it, it, almost immediately. But we, so we can have guns, uh, we can have uh, regulations, and here's the, that's that evil word, that regulation, that well-regulated, that the, the part of the Second Amendment that they hate. Wait, 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 wait. yeah, well-regulated. Uh, they only read shall not be infringed. Those are the, <laughs> yeah. Well-regulated, could be argued. Universal background checks would be part of a well-regulated uh, right to bear arms for that well-regulated militia. And insurance, and I'll tell you another thing, is that if we, had, if we required insurance, a guy who was stockpiling guns, uh, I think the insurance companies would catch on to that. Even if you were to insure every one of your guns with a different insurance company, because that would be tracked just like your, how many credit cards you have out, the uh, TRW or the credit, you know, they know that you have a, If you go open a, a credit card account with, uh, with uh, Bank of America and then round down to Wells Fargo and try to get another one, they're going to say, oh, I see you have one with Bank of America. That's how your credit rating is checked as well. So when you start trying to insure a lot of guns, that your, your insurance rates, if you start stockpiling, insurance companies are going to say, whoa, this could lead to a heavy, big-duty payout for us. Maybe we need to make this guy's gun insurance a little more expensive. And then you don't have the government, you don't have to register your guns with the government. You only have to register your guns with your insurance company. You see, we can pass laws that make it more difficult, though I acknowledge it won't stop every mass shooting. But look at it this way, Leslie. When did this start? I, I count since Charles Whitman's bell tower shooting on the, at the University of Texas yes. on August 1st, 1966, yep. was when it started, because before that... And, and by the way, that was a white boy. It was. A Christian. Also, a white boy, only, a very, very strong Christian white boy. There was boy. only one massacre in Camden, New Jersey in 1949 by a man named Charles Enru, uh, who took a Luger and shot 13 people, but... That was the only one since 1933 when machine guns were outlawed. So uh, we have something else going on here. All right. Thank you, Paul. Always a pleasure to hear from you. We're going to take a break when we come back. More of your calls. If you're holding, hang tight. 888-6-LESLIE is our number. Don't go away. Call starting out with uh, Mercy in New Mexico, Line 1. Mercy, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, Leslie. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for having this program, and thank you for having the, the uh, gentleman from the American Islamic Relations Council. It is just heartbreaking to me that uh, when one of these shootings happens, the first thing that uh, people start in, animating is that it had to be in this, uh, an Islamic uh, terrorist, and I have some wonderful friends that that are the Islamic faith, and that isn't their faith. And people need to start. It just we need to start realizing that these people that are killing are not are not practicing their faith, and and we're the 
The, um, ex- exactly. Any more than the guy who shot up people at Planned Parenthood was a Christian. Nobody, exactly. Nobody, exactly. Is fo- nobody is following God's laws if we kill because Judaism, Christianity, is there's not one religion. There's no religion that uh, agrees with murdering or absolutely. harming another individual. And these people that want to hold on to their guns, I mean, and claiming to be the faithful religious. The Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Why do you need a gun? Thou shalt not kill. You know, and these people are claiming to be so, so religious, so pious, so, but we can't get rid of our guns. We can't even. We can't even. Uh, uh, you know. You know what's interesting. You know what's inter- And you know what's interesting. There was a guy on BBC that said, unless the United States dismantles the NRA, we will continue to have these types of attacks. That may be very harsh. Some people feel. However, it is the NRA and people that are so um, wanting uh, uh, of the freedom to buy whatever, whenever, wherever, however in this country that allow the weaponry to legally. Be in the hands of this man and this woman who who killed 14 people and wounded more than 20 others yesterday. Absolutely. And and I heard uh, the the speaker of the House this morning being interviewed, and they asked him about doing something about guns. Oh, no, now it's we're going to scapegoat mentally ill, which, you know, some of these killings are mentally ill, but not all. It's the access to the guns that's the problem. Uh, uh, and I and a lot of people a lot of people agree with you. Mercy, I got to take one more call and and, and uh, end of show for today. But I do hope to speak to you again. I always enjoy your contribution to the program. Also in New Mexico, Elaine's been. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, Elaine's gone. Uh, um, okay, let's go to Reggie, line five. Last but not least. How you doing, Leslie? Happy Thursday to you. Good. Would, speaking of the NRA, I would, I would just like to know what hap- where is the beloved presidential number one NRA darling went up here. Is he hiding underneath a rock somewhere? Because I haven't heard nor seen him stick his stick and poke his head out of the rabbit hole just yet, talking about things like this. I mean, you know, whenever something like this happens, he normally shows up, especially when he's not wanted or unwanted. Where is he now? Is he still hiding? I mean, you know, is he still hiding underneath a rock, or is he, or is he going to show up sooner or later? You know, to talk about tragedies like this, what happened to San Bernardino, California. I mean, is he willing to stop it, or is he going to go along with his uh, friends in the gun manufacturing industry? Well, I would ima- I would imagine that he will take uh, the same position. I'd love to have him on the show, uh, you, if you're referring to Wayne LaPierre, and I'd like to ask him, in light of the fact that these people legally obtained this weapon, this ammunition, this type of uh, garb that they wore, do you still stand by the freedoms that they had to do that? Uh, I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you all for your calls. Mark and Andrew, my great producers, will be back tomorrow. You can check me out on Varney and Company tomorrow at, uh, I'm trying to think, I think it's 1040 a.m. Eastern.